Welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge families to be rooted in God's Word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Well, hey, everybody. It's Graham Clark here with the Strategic Families Podcast. I hope you're having a great start to the week. I am really excited to share this interview with you today uh, with my mother-in-law, Lynn Ray, who is an awesome woman of God. She's got five kids and many, many grandkids, and she just has so much wisdom to share with us about parenting and how we can raise a godly family, and I really think you're going to be blessed and encouraged by it. So just a a quick preview of what she's going to share with us today. She shares her own testimony of coming to the Lord and how she didn't grow up in a Christian home, but that the Lord changed all of that early in their parenting and how that just totally changed the trajectory of their family. So just a really cool story there. She also talks about how children are a blessing, which is what the Lord calls them, uh, and not a burden, as they're sometimes viewed by our culture, and that when we see our kids frustrating us, it really says more about us than it does about our kids, and I think that's going to be a challenging, convicting point. For all of us to hear, she also talks about the value of prayer to our parenting and having a prayer partner. She gets into some detail about the parenting slash family curriculum that she developed called Charting a Course for Your Family's Future and how that ties into strategic planning for families. So that's really cool. She also gets into a moment that, you know, probably many of us have thought about uh, how that affected their parenting the moment they dropped their oldest child off for college and what that helped them realize. And then she also has this great way of helping us remember what to do as parents to step away, step in and step up. So she'll explain that. So I know you're going to be challenged by this. I know you're going to be blessed by this. So enjoy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Strategic Families podcast. I am so excited to introduce our guest today, my awesome mother-in-law, Lynn Ray. Lynn, mom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Graham. It's great to be with you. You know, I love that I could call you mom. I remember making that decision very (laughs) early on. I'm going to call my mother-in-law mom, and I'm so glad I did. I think there's just a lot of power in that. So thanks for letting me call you mom. Oh, it is a great blessing. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so mom, I know you well, but our listeners may not. Give us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, when you got married, how many kids you have, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, I um, met my wonderful husband at college at Bucknell in Pennsylvania. We got married shortly after we graduated, and it has now been 52 years by the grace of God that we have been married, which totally amazes both of us. Um, we were very blessed to have five children. And for a couple who didn't want any of that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, and we also have, uh, oh, well, then we also have five kids-in-law who are also wonderful. Our kids are amazing. Our, their spouses are amazing. Everybody's doing really, really well, all serving the Lord, all uh, loving each other, loving the Lord. And it is such a blessing. 
So we have three of the families that are local and then another one in Pennsylvania and another one in California. But we still get together with everybody every once in a while when there's something big to celebrate. So that's always great fun. Um, I would say that the verse in 3 John 4 sums it up for me. And that says, I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth. And that is the story of our family by the grace of God. We, we feel so undeserving and so amazed at what he has done. But yeah, they're all serving the Lord and raising their kids to know Jesus and to love him and serve him as well. So it's all, all amazing. <laughs> wow, that sounds too good to be true. But I know it's true because I've experienced it firsthand. What an amazing family you guys have built, really, that the Lord has built through you. Uh, such a blessing to all of us. So, Mom, with that incredible uh, experience of family that you have now, you must have had a strong foundation in the Lord. I'm asking that tongue-in-cheek, obviously, but tell us about your upbringing and, and how that looked. So, definitely not, Graham. Uh, Bruce and I were probably two of the most clueless people on the face of the earth to ever start a family. We had no idea what we were doing. I did not grow up in a Christian home, so I had no knowledge of the gospel. In fact, I honestly, I never heard the gospel growing up, which now to me, when I look back on that, I think that is the weirdest thing. I mean, who, who doesn't hear the gospel at some point? But I lived in this beautiful, idyllic little town in, Mountain, in uh, New Jersey called Mountain Lakes, had lots of lovely friends and, you know, just a, a really nice life. But nobody talked about God. Nobody talked about the Bible. Um, there were three churches in town and people went to them. We didn't, but other people did. But it did not, it didn't seem to be any kind of a central thing in anybody's life that I knew of anyway. So um, that's, that was my foundation, not. <laughs> so off I went to college and you know how they pair you with roommates freshman year that you don't know, it's a random selection thing. So my, one of my roommates freshman year was a strong Christian who read her Bible a lot and prayed a lot. And to me, I was just like, what is that? I never knew anybody that did those things before. And I just thought she was weird. So anyway, we kind of went our own directions. I didn't have any interest in spiritual things, although she did try occasionally to talk to me, but I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And besides, I'm way too busy um, doing my own thing, which was stupid stuff for four years, parties and all that. So I look back on those years with great regret, but anyway, that's how it was. So fast forward about eight or nine years from then, and I get a phone call from that same roommate telling me that they now lived in Rochester where we were living. And she had two little boys and thought it would be nice if we got together. So I thought, well, okay, come on over for lunch. I had two little girls, she had two little boys. So now we actually had something in common and we had a delightful um, afternoon. Well, I thought that was that, but then I started getting a phone call from her every month, inviting me to go to the Christian women's club luncheon that she was always going to. And of course I was like, uh, no, I don't think I want to do that. So I would make up one excuse after another, but she was very persevering and she kept calling me. So I finally, one time couldn't think of an excuse and I agreed to go. So I went with you know, great 
reticence, but that was a turning point in my life because the speaker that day just was, <laughs> just spoke to my heart in a way that I never ever could have imagined. And I, by the end of her testimony, I, I thought I have got to know that woman's God because I've never heard anything like this before. It was just an amazing testimony. So I signed the little thing that said, would you like to accept Jesus today? And I thought, yeah, I guess I would. And I really didn't know what I was doing or anything, but I knew that there was something there that I needed. So went home, started reading my Bible, got into a little women's Bible study at a local church. And a few months later, this was a really amazing part of the story. My husband also got invited to a men's Bible study, went and gave his heart to the Lord. So this happened, you know, within a few months of each other that we both became Christians. And I mean, <laughs> talk about a radical change. It changed everything about our lives, our hearts, our parenting, because we were starting to run into some, some rough waters already, even with two little ones that we were like, ah, oh, what do we do about this? So anyway, we needed help. We didn't know that we needed help from God, but he did. So he saw fit to intervene and um, make himself known to both of us. So then it began a journey of reading the Bible and getting to know him. And um, boy, we are so, so thankful every time we think about that, because had he not intervened in that way and we had stayed on the path that we were on, it would have been a disaster. I mean, a total disaster. So we don't even like to think about that, but yeah, it would have been bad. So that's how I uh, came about, or well, both Bruce and I came to know the Lord at kind of a late juncture. So if there are listeners who are have young children and they're thinking, man, you know, we're, we're not very seasoned in our faith and, you know, we're probably not going to be able to make this work. I would just encourage them that wherever you are, start there. What an awesome story. Yeah. I was going to bring that point out because I, I know we all hear a lot about how most people when they come to faith in Christ are younger, maybe right. teenage years. And I love your guys' story because it, it wasn't that way. And it shows that it's never too late to give your life to the Lord. And I, I think you're right. There are a lot of young parents who maybe they've thought from time to time about the Bible, by like getting involved in church and then kids come around, it kind of hits home. What am I going to pass on to my kids? And I, I just, I love that God redeemed and stepped in to your guys' situation and changed the trajectory of your family. And I especially love that because that's what we're trying to do with this podcast um, right. is to help families change their trajectory to orient their kids' hearts to the Lord. So at that moment in time, how old were your kids? They were three and one. We only had two at that point. Okay. And now, you know, knowing the rest of the story, you had several <laughs> more, right? Yes. We had three more after that which was fantastic and such a blessing. We, we never, ever would have dreamed of having five kids. But again, the Lord changed everything, <laughs> including our hearts and our passion for, for parenting. I mean, we loved it. I, I was so thankful all those years. I, I mean, pretty much every day, I was really thankful that I could be home with those kids and really spend that time with them and, and raise them as best I could. So it was a great blessing. 
Well, that's awesome. And thank you and dad for going all the way to five because <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know where I'd be right now. I'd be somewhere, but I probably wouldn't be here doing this interview. So uh, for those of you listening and don't know what I'm talking about, their fifth child is my wife, Katie. So I am very, very thankful for that. Okay. So mom, let's, let's progress a little bit here and, and dive a little deeper into this story. You had shared with me a couple months ago that, you know, today, we talk about how busy parents are and how a lot of times we see children as a burden rather than a blessing, which is absolutely what the Bible sees them as. But you shared with me how even in the 1970s, there was sort of a movement along those lines. And, you know, I take a little bit of comfort in the fact that this is not a new struggle that we're dealing with right now um, in world history, maybe, but in the last uh, you know, a few decades, this is something that, that we've been struggling with in America. So I wonder if you could just talk to us about the culture when you started raising your kids in the 1970s and 80s, and then how God sort of stepped in and changed your view on, on parenting. Okay. Yeah. Back in the 70s, most moms were stay-at-home moms raising their kids, at least when they were little. So back then it was very normal to be home so that's what I was doing. And as I said a few minutes ago, I was very thankful for that opportunity to be able to do that. So, but here, here's just an interesting, I think, story that tells about the culture then and now, because I think kids can be seen as frustrating and overwhelming and kind of in my way, I'm trying to do some other stuff here, you know, and all that. So even back then when moms were staying home with their kids, that, still, that already was a, a thing. I had one friend who was a very mature seasoned Christian and she was kind of my first mentor after I accepted the Lord and we both had little kids. So we would get together for coffee or lunch or whatever. So one, we were having coffee and the kids were running around playing and she said, yeah, I mean, these kids, oh boy, the way I see it is they are my cross to bear. And I was like, whoa, I didn't say anything because I was the new Christian, but I thought to myself, that is such a weird thing to say and to think. And um, especially because I was at that time reading through the Bible for the first time. And I had just recently come upon Psalm 127 and 128. And part of what those talk about is that children are a blessing and a gift from God. So I had recently read that and thought, wow, a cross to bear or a blessing, which is it? So I kind of was thinking about that for a few weeks after that encounter. And so now I was in Proverbs and I came to Proverbs, um, I think it's 10, maybe 22. And that says that God adds no sorrow with his blessing. And that really struck me in that way that does that sometimes you're reading along in the in the bible and something just jumps off the page and that was one of those verses and i thought oh okay so if children are a gift which i had read last month and now this month i'm reading that he well children are a gift or a blessing he adds no sorrow with his blessing so if i or my friend are feeling like oh these kids they're such a pain and, and just so arduous to try to keep up with them. And, you know, they're just in my way of what I'm trying to do, then there is a big problem with me. And I realized that that day, and it really, really kind of 
jolted me into realizing, okay, when I have a day like that or a week like that, when I'm feeling like these kids are just driving me crazy, I have to really check my own schedule, my own attitude and find out where am I off the beam here? Because God says children are a blessing and that he adds no sorrow with that. So I, what am I doing that's causing me to have this other kind of attitude that is not godly? So that, that was just really helpful then for the rest of, yeah, I mean, that's when we just had those two little kids that that happened. And so for the whole rest of time raising the kids, now I'm not saying I never had a day that I was really frustrated and overwhelmed because certainly I had lots of those, but it always kind of brought, God always brought me back to that moment of saying, okay, <laughs> do you want to take a look at this? What's going on in your life that is, is uh, kind of got things out of balance. So that was always really helpful to me. And I think, you know, today with all the moms doing so much more than we used to do with careers and all these athletic things and all the social media stuff. And I mean, just everything, it could be like way overwhelming. So I think that would be something for today's moms to think about too. Are the kids a blessing and are you seeing them that way or is your does your uh, lens need adjusting mm. i love how god's word brings us back to the truth god's word is truth and if our experience doesn't seem to match match that mm -hmm. that's our issue i think you said that so well that introspection is just so critically important as parents what a great takeaway thanks for sharing that so just to dive into this a little bit more, you know, I think there's not a parent in the world who hasn't felt uh, the opposite a little bit, you know, that <laughs> these kids are driving me crazy. You know, there's, there's no one who's been a parent for any length of time, uh, especially of toddlers or, or older, who doesn't feel that at some point. So I wonder if you could just help us do some of that heart work. What do you think is really going on in our hearts? And what can we do to allow the Lord to work that out and, and teach us the truth about why he's given us kids and what our charge is? Well, I think the bottom line on that answer is prayer. I think we have to be at the feet of Jesus in prayer all the time when we're parenting, because there are just so many things that come up and so many things that we have no idea how to handle. So we've got to be in prayer and we have to be relying on the Lord and his wisdom because we cannot do it apart from that. So, you know, prayer would be really important. I had a prayer partner back then when the kids were little that still today, she lives in Colorado now, but we still pray over the phone sometimes. And that was very helpful to have somebody to pray with who is in that same season of life. Um, books on parenting, seeking out mentors who are a little further down the road than you are. All of that is very helpful. Um, I also ran into a book not too long ago called Sacred Parenting that I would recommend to anybody that's in that <laughs> situation right now. Um, the author is Gary Thomas, and he says that, you know, we spend a lot of time when we're parenting our, our kids thinking that somehow we are charged with making these, you know, putting these kids through some sort of a mold and making them be more like Jesus and, you know, turning out these, these little uh, people who conform to the ways of the Lord and that that's our job. But he says, I kind of see it differently. I think parenting is a process through which the Lord works on our hearts 
So he's working on the parents while the parents think they're working on the kids. <laughs> so I think that was kind of a different way to see it that, okay, this is a training ground for us, not just that we're training our kids, but God is doing some heart work in us and to submit to that and to realize that that's what's happening and, and to embrace it. Yes. What a great word, mom. I love that you brought that point out. Parenting, I think is one of God's amazing works of sanctification. (laughs) Really. I think that's what's going on. He is rooting out some of that selfishness and some of the, you know, the things we try to hold on to. He uses kids sovereignly and in a, in a beautiful way to teach us what's really going on in our hearts. Thank Mm -hmm. you for reminding us of that. So, okay, mom, let's transition a little bit. I want to talk about something that's near and dear to both of us, just because it's, it's been such a blessing to me. And it's something I know you worked on for years and that's charting a course for your family's future. I wonder if you can take us back a little bit, teach us about where the, about the genesis of that idea, where it came from, um, why you developed it and just, how the Lord has used it. Okay. Well, as our kids were getting older and the older ones were in high school, my husband started working in strategic planning at Kodak. So he was bringing home these books by like Joel Barker and Tom Peters and um, oh, Ken Blanchard. And so I would look through them sometimes and I was very intrigued. They were all about time management and goal setting and planning strategically um, for companies. But I was looking at some of the information and some of the charts and stuff. And I thought, huh, this might really be helpful for families. And Bruce was kind of like, well, I don't know about about that. He he wasn't really seeing it that way at that point because he was very, you know, into corporate piece of it. But it was right around that time that our firstborn went off to college. And as we dropped her off at her dorm room and helped her get all moved in and then drove away with tears running down our faces, it was like such a traumatic moment for both Bruce and I. But I I just thought, oh, all of the missed opportunities. I mean, there was just like all these regrets that I had that that time, you know, we just, it kind of just went so fast, those last few years, especially, just you turn around and they're graduating and going off to college. And there was, it was just a moment in time when I realized, wow, we should have had a plan in place, because there's a lot that didn't get done, as far as things we would have liked to teach her, experiences we would have liked her to have, um, just ways to be prepared for life as an adult. So it made me realize, wow, we have got to figure out a way to do better with the next four, because I just felt like, like I said, just a lot of missed opportunities. So anyway, with that, I started kind of using the principles from the strategic planning books and translating them into how can a family do all this stuff. So it became, um, you know, kind of grew and grew and grew and eventually became a course that we taught that had a lot of things, um, you know, prioritizing what's important, setting goals, um, making a plan, having core values that you wanna really make sure that your kids pick up on while they're in your home. Um, Just a lot of aspects that were basically intentionality is how I would summarize it. 
So we got much more intentional about how we were, how we were parenting and, you know, things like, oh, I thought we would take our kids out West and show them all those national parks. And now Amy's gone and she can never do it. And Karen's almost gone and she can never do it. But we did take the next three and <laughs> we did do that trip. But it's things like that that aren't going to happen if you don't take time to plan it out and figure out, all right, how can we make that happen financially? How can we make that happen time-wise? When would be a good time? All that stuff. So, and it's not just trips. It's all, all of the things that are involved in equipping our kids to be, you know, successful um, effective, fruitful adults. So anyway, so, so then that, that class that we taught just kind of kept growing and getting expanded on. So anyway, now it's a whole workbook that, um, Graham and Katie and Bruce and I have taught. Um, we did a retreat and that's really the best way to go through it because, um, then you're with other people who are thinking through the same kinds of things. Cause it can be a little daunting to try to figure all this stuff out. So anyway, that is what we are. Yeah, we're very passionate about that. And Graham and Katie are too. And they are really using the tools in that workbook. And it's so evident in their family. It's just so cool to watch how their kids are um, really just growing and, and very much responsive to this way of being a family. Very, very close knit and very productive. And they love the Lord a lot. <laughs> Yes, that, that course has been such a blessing for us. And I just want to circle back for our listeners, even though Amy was out of the home and Karen was almost out of the home before you guys implemented all this stuff. Two amazing, wonderful adults, just oh, in case. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but also I know that the Lord used that uh, in your family when, uh, as the rest of the kids were growing up too. So and it's been such a blessing for us. And, you know, when it comes to being strategic and intentional with your family, I mean, there's no getting around it. It's a, it's a good bit of time. It, it takes some effort. It takes some energy. And we all know as parents, sometimes the only thing we want to do is, is to <laughs> sit down on the couch and rest and relax because it feels like those times are hard to come by. Right. So what would be your answer to that, mom, if someone said, well, that sounds great, but uh, I'm not sure where I would find the time. Right. And, and we were certainly in that mode, you know, just trying to get through the day, get the kids where they needed to be, remember to go pick them up and, and uh, you know, make sure that everybody's tracking with where, what they're supposed to be doing. It's a lot. It's totally a lot and very time consuming and exhausting and all of that stuff. However, I have really come to believe that we can be wasting a whole lot of time doing things that in the end are not very important and neglecting the things that are important if we're not intentional to think it through. So I really do, I think there's so much value in stepping off that hamster wheel for a period of time, whether it's an afternoon or a weekend or whatever time you can pull away from the you know, <laughs> chaos of, of regular life to just sit with the Lord and say, okay, Lord, where might I be missing it? Where might I be squandering time that I should be putting into something more useful? Um, and then to take that time to listen to him. And Bruce and I used to do that. We would each take 
um, a weekend, one would stay with the kids and the other one would go to a retreat house and just do that and just really sit with the Lord and take a Bible and a notebook. And, and we would come home like just refreshed and ready to <laughs> go at it again. So I think that's just so important. And I know it's easy to say, well, I don't have time. And we could have certainly said that too, but I think it's something that it, we can make the time and the Lord will help us do that if we really want to. And I think, you know, you, we just don't want to squander that time. It's so short. When you look back on those 18 years you have with the child, it will go so fast. Your head will spin. <laughs> and so you don't want to be squandering any of that time, but really using it well. <clears throat> what a great message. Katie and I had a had some time about a year ago where we started to reflect and we, it was kind of a real moment because we said, you know, I feel like we need to repent of how we had wasted time. Mm. And, you know, if you actually think about your schedule and start to map it out, well, what do we spend time on? Right. Uh, it can be kind of sobering sometimes. And you think, man, the Lord has given us these kids, placed us in charge of shepherding their hearts and we've been spending hours and hours and hours on what, you know, if you, if you stop to think about that, it can be kind of sobering and you don't need to dwell and beat yourself up over it. But for us, it was a time of saying that's not best mm -hmm. and, and we can do better and we want to be faithful to what the Lord has called us to. So uh, it just takes some, it takes some introspection, it takes some humility. It can be so hard. Uh, and like you said, it's never too late. I want to conclude this part. I forgot to mention, this is part one of, of two parts with mom and I'm excited about the second part too. So for now, we're just kind of laying the groundwork of how you guys got started as a strategic family yourself. Mom, can you tell us some scriptures that really have influenced your parenting and have been a blessing to you over the years? Yes, I would love to do that. One of them I already shared with you with third uh, John four, I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth. And I guarantee you Every parent would agree with that. It, when, when your kids are grown and they are walking with the Lord, there is nothing so, so fulfilling, rewarding, and joyful as that. So that's one of my favorites. Um, okay, another one is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And I love that scripture for everything, but... For parenting in particular, because there's so much we are clueless about. I mean, we can be trying really hard to be the best parents ever, but we're never going to get there. Only God sees what's really going on in the hearts of our children and, and in our own hearts. And only he knows, you know, what the wise thing to do when we're wondering, ah, do we go this way or that way? So yeah, trust in the Lord. Um, another one, well, Psalm 127, I already had shared about that. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. And then a couple more, Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And I love that one for those days when we are feeling completely overwhelmed and completely out of our league. And you know, just like, ah, oh, I don't even know which way to turn and it's all too much. And so he says, you know what, take a breath and seek him. And as we seek him first, not last, first, he will put everything in right order for us and show us how to get it all done. 
And then my very favorite is Ephesians 3.20, which says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And I just love that verse because as I said in my little intro, we stand amazed at what God has brought forth from two people who <laughs> really had, you know, nothing to offer and very undeserving. And yet God has seen fit to bring forth these 10 amazing adults who are all engaged in his work and all bringing glory to his name and who are now raising their 18 children to do the same. I mean, never in our wildest imagination would we have thought to even pray for such a thing. So he, you know, I just want to encourage everybody. He is able and he will do things that you will just stand in awe and amazement of. And because he loves us and he is good and powerful and amazing. So anyway, those are my scriptures that have been kind of key in, in parenting, I think for me. Well, it's so evident to all of us who know you and love you that you've been so faithful over the years and it is God's work, but it's also his work through his faithful servants. And we're all the beneficiaries of that. So thank you so much for your faithfulness and, and passing down a legacy of faithfulness to your children, your children's spouses like me <laughs> and your grandchildren by extension. What a blessing. Mom, last question here we always want to challenge our listeners with something a baby step that they can take it's easy to listen to some good content and just kind of file it away but we want parents to take action what is one thing that you'd say right now uh, any of our parents listening can do to be more on mission for the lord within their families and, and to watch him use our families for his kingdom well i think what i would say is to do three things, step away, step in, and step up. And let me just explain a little bit about that because those are each scriptural things. Um, when I say step away, I do mean step away from the chaotic existence <laughs> and the swirl in your household for a period of time, whatever you can spare. Um, Mark 6.31 has Jesus saying, come away with me to a quiet place. And I think every parent needs to do that periodically because otherwise, how are we ever going to be grounded enough and have our ears attuned enough to hear from the Lord? And we need that. We absolutely need that. So step away, then step in. Okay, step into what? Into the presence of God. Okay, and that would be that Matthew 6.33 that I just talked about. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So step into that presence of God again, for whatever period of time he gives you to do that and be real intentional about that. And then step up, you can go home now after your period of being away with the Lord, you go home and you step up to all that he has called you to. And you don't be, you know, convinced that you just can't do it or, you know, like I just can't, I don't have the energy or whatever. No, you step up to all that he's called you to do so that 
you can say, as Jesus did in John 17, 4, I have completed the work you gave me to do. I love that verse. I remember the very first time I read it and every time since then, I'm always like, oh, wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to meet the Lord at the end of our life and, and be able to say, I have completed the work you gave me to do. And so that's been my prayer that we, you know, that we don't get all consumed with other work that he didn't even give us to do. We do as well as we possibly can the work that he did give us to do. And we know for sure that one of those things is parenting our children. That's probably the, the or at least one of the most critical assignments he'll ever give us. Uh, so anyway, that would be my, my challenge. Step away, step in, and step up. I love it. Step away, step in, step up. That's easy to remember and really helpful. I love that you called out that this is work. There's no getting around it. It is work. It's going to take our, it's going to take our energy and it's going to cost us something. Oh yeah. So the question is, is it worth it? And I know that after uh, all of the decades of parenting experience that you have, that you would say, yes, it is worth it. It's Absolutely. hard work, but yep. it's worth it. So praise God. Thank you so much, mom, for your encouragement, for your challenge. Uh, this will conclude part one of our two-part series. And so we're going to dive into another topic that ties in a lot with what we've been talking about, love, acceptance, worth, and security. I'm really looking forward to that. So we'll get to that next time. But mom, in the meantime, thank you so much. And thank you for all of your faithfulness. And we're just so honored to be a part of what God has done through you and dad. And I am honored to be a part of what God is doing through you and Katie right now. So thank you. Thank you. How cool is that? Mom, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Those of us who are younger and still have kids in the home have so much to learn from you and dad. Wow, so cool. I hope everybody was able to if not, write it down, lock some of those wonderful principles away, hide some of those scriptures in our hearts. What a blessing, Mom. Thank you so much. Check us out at www.strategicfamilies.com. We'd love to hear if you have some success stories or challenges that you'd like to share. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. Thanks, everyone. Hope you have a great week. Be blessed.